I feel. I feel. I feel. Oh, God, they turned the mic on. It's the yearbook sportscast. It's available wherever you find your podcasts. The beauty of it is you can listen to it anywhere. The curse of it is you can listen to it anywhere. This is Doug. I'm sure people have been screaming about this for days on end already, so we won't spend too much time on it. But University of Louisiana, not LSU, UofL, the Ragin' Cajuns, the University of Louisiana football coach Billy Napier, quote-unquote, encouraged his players to donate minimum $50 to UL's athletic fundraising organization. It's true. When you invest money in something, it suddenly means more. It suddenly becomes important when you have a personal stake in it. And Napier's point about having his players understand the behind-the-scenes support, cash, and effort from so many that go into running any college program, that's admirable. But Napier's lesson became ludicrous as soon as he put a price on it. It's one thing to teach your players to respect the department's bookkeepers, secretaries, trainers, custodians, all the -the behind-the-scenes people. It's another thing for the well-compensated boss to push players to give to the department on top of all the giving they're already doing. Like the athletes on any college team, the Rage and Cajun football players provide weekly entertainment for the campus, the community, the alums. And radio, television, and internet outlets, they model all of the sponsored and official gear. They appear in ads for the athletic department, and they show up on the football team's official Twitter and Instagram pages. They make public appearances and generally rearrange their lives for football. They risk their current and future health to win. They do have a scholarship, and that's worth a lot. But even that is ridiculously one-sided in favor of the school, any school, not just UL. All this, while in general, being super restricted in what they can say and do by the university and the NCAA, and now they're being asked to pay for the privilege of making cash for the athletic department? Then, amazingly, Napier made it worse. It's fine to stick by an idea you believe in, even if it's unpopular. But the coach made it sound like any player, any one of his players, could find enough cash on the ground to make a donation, saying, quote, we're talking about 50 a year for four years, 200 bucks, $4 and a quarter a month, 17 cents a day to basically say thank you to the people who've contributed to their experience, end quote. Now, we have to say that Napier did say that if any of his players uh, couldn't pay or didn't want to or, or just were unable to, that they could come see him and he'd take care of it. But, yes... A 50. A 50 is nothing to a teenager or anybody. All kids, all anybody's have a spare 50, and no one has expenses or financial worries, plus calling it a thank you? Obviously, it's a really nice image. It's a very nice sentiment to get money to a deserving, underpaid athletic department counselor, but their money could also go toward paying their coach's $850,000 salary. Hey, coach, when you either leave or get fired, are we all getting some of your sweet, sweet buyout money? And why can't kids say thank you by being respectful or excelling for their academic advisors? Plus, everything they're currently doing just doesn't count. Carrying an entire athletic department doesn't count as thanking anybody. 
I know, obviously, that all athletic departments need money. They can't run on homemade greeting cards. But even so, Napier should have instead had each player do something nice for an assigned university employee. That's still a big ask, considering the players' brutal schedules. But how about writing a nice thank you note for Matt? Or how about carrying Tim's bags? Or how about carrying Ashley's bags? Or making a photo collage for Ian? Or making a pie for Candace? Or volunteering with Michelle or Terry? Now, if you think we did spend too much time on it, the subject we just did, then email us at saysintheyearbook at hotmail.com. And now, yes, as we said last week, Washington State football will be featured in an HBO docuseries similar to Hard Knocks. Washington State is an excellent, excellent subject. The Cougars are always fascinating, and they've been especially fascinating under Coach Mike Leach, an outside-the-box outsider, mad genius innovator who says what he thinks and has varied and wide-ranging interests outside of football. And coincidentally, this is going to be the second football-based reality series Cougars receiver Calvin Jackson Jr. will star in. He already starred on Last Chance U on Netflix. So, great subject. But is the system built to do the Cougars justice? There should be enough stories to fill the series, starting with Washington State's small budget and remote location. But colleges have more and want more privacy in general, meaning the series should not have any controversy or any really revealing eyes-only stuff. Mike Leach may say and do enough to keep people watching. It's always impossible somehow to guess who the breakout stars are going to be in these things, and everybody does it before a reality show. First, when the trailer comes out, you try to guess what the series is about. Then you try to guess who the breakout stars are going to be, and even sometimes when it just seems completely obvious this person can't miss, they are never the breakout stars, so it's impossible to predict these things. But it seems almost impossible that Washington State football's CEO, Leach, won't be a big star. But in general, college reality series are too careful or too generic. Two things Washington State football is not. Things might not be so careful in minor league baseball, although minor league players reportedly live in constant fear of being released, so it's not a ton of fun. But we're always interested in the most interesting team in the world. And the Nashville Sounds might fit that description. And the Nashville Sounds, the Texas Rangers AAA minor league affiliate, deserved the hard knocks treatment. And they were getting the hard knocks treatment until something happened. The Nashville Sounds guitar-shaped scoreboard would have been enough to warrant hard knocks showing up. But then outfielder Scott Heineman, no relation to Jamie, this year slid to make a circus catch. The ball pops out of his glove straight up in the air where teammate Christian Lopes then makes a diving backhanded catch to complete the play. We could be wrong, but as far as we can tell, that made no Sports Center top 10 somehow. Nashville's Andy Ibanez did make SportsCenter. He was the number three play on, the, on uh, SportsCenter's top ten back in late May when he ran his midsection into the stands to make a catch. Heineman, meanwhile, while SportsCenter-less, did go undefeated against his brother, who plays in the same minor league for New Orleans. Then there's pitcher Tim Dillard, who pitches sidearm. That's rare. And he signed with Texas in the offseason, knowing full well he would likely be demoted to the minors. And that was fine with him, not because of the money, which is terrible. It was okay with Dillard because he lives in Nashville, not part-time. 
he and his family live full-time in Nashville. And now, conveniently, he can play minor league ball where he lives. He can go home at night. Jet Bandy. Jet Bandy's father. This is a true story. Jet Bandy's dad taught Tom Cruise how to bartend for the 80s movie Cocktail. Now, if you've never seen the movie, or even if you have seen the movie, uh, Tom Cruise, the greatest bartender who ever lived, and he's, he's doing things. He's throwing bottles up in the air while he's serving drinks. He's doing tricks with the bottles. He's spinning glasses. He's wowing everybody in a crowded, noisy, smoky bar by doing all these tricks with the alcohol. I guess it's called flare bartending or something like that. And Jet Bandy's father was a bartender, and he specialized in this, and he taught Tom Cruise how to bartend for a cocktail. That's right. The world's greatest New York bartender is from California. Jet Bandy says his dad has good hands. I should hope so. And now son Jet is a catcher and has a rep as a good defensive catcher. And during spring training, infielder Travis D'Arnaud created the Journeyman series, a YouTube serial that showed off life behind the scenes with the sounds. He was going to publicize all the quirkiness and all the talent that is the Nashville sounds, but then baseball got in the way. The Rangers released Dayarno earlier this season, so now he can document someone else. It's funny that baseball got in the way of this case because when Dillard's, the pitcher, when Dillard's Twitter account was mysteriously uh, suspended by Twitter this year, when he had his Twitter account suspended, the Rangers actually contacted Twitter to find out why. They didn't get any answers. Emmy Award, Nashville Sounds, count it.